Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Matt Cook and Jonathan Green. And we're going to be taking your dating questions today. We have some, and relationship questions. We have some great ones that have come in. Uh, do you want to ask the first one? Yeah, I've got a great one here. I think you're going to really like this one. It's very interesting to me. This came and said, my partner doesn't smell good to me anymore. It says, I'm a 24-year-old female. I've been with my partner for three years and used to smell amazing to me. Even after he went on a long run, his BO was the best thing I'd ever smelled. Six months ago, I got the arm implant, and now he smells awful to me, and it's really affecting our relationship. It's taking a major toll. I still love him. He's my best friend, but I have no desire to be intimate with him. Smells affecting our for intimacy. I know everyone's answer is to take the arm implant out, but I'd really love to give it the full year since it's helpful with some of my other period symptoms. So I was on the pill. We first started dating until the implant. It didn't really smell bad to me, even if I go off the birth control. Okay. Yeah, this is a really great question. So I guess the arm implant is like this uh, thing that they put in her arm and she can uh, have birth control without taking pills or anything. Um, I don't think that these are really a safe way to go. I don't think they're a good way to go, but that's not the question. I think the sense of smell is underrated in our world. The sense of smell is so critical to our loving the other person and wanting them and nothing messes us up more than birth control pills for women or any kind of birth control system that relies on an estrogen type of drug so uh, I really don't see anything optimistic about this relationship unless she gets that thing removed I think the sense of smell and the love of the smell of your partner is so critical to the reptile lizard brain that we all rely on, that, that it's really all about, that uh, I, I think she should get that removed. And if you're going out with somebody and you don't like the way they smell, you should end the relationship immediately because you have to love the way they smell. It sounds like, actually, if you're a woman and you're dating someone you don't like how he smells, you need to change your birth control because maybe yeah, a different well, birth control yeah. will make him suddenly smell good. So. This reminds me of that old joke where you go to the doctor, you say, doctor, hurts when I, my, my, my arm like this. He goes, don't move your arm like that. Um, the answer is in her question, which is I switched birth control and it's got this, this is a side effect, right? And it's, I think that what's happening here is that we don't really think of it as a side effect, but it is. And it should be listed on the side of it. Like, oh, it can change your sense of smell and make you like or hate different things. So I think that's the thing that's core here is that, as soon as we think of this, oh, this is a side effect, and I don't want that side effect, it kind of, the problem solves itself. And I think that's what's important is kind of how we look at things. So she knows exactly what the problem is because she mentioned it, right? She goes, oh, exactly when this happened, it caused this problem. And yeah, the the two choices, there's really three choices, right? If she wants to, she, the first choice is get rid of it or keep it. If she keeps it, it's either get rid of the guy or keep the guy, right? It's either put up with the smell and it's interesting because she went from loving the smell of his BO, which is really extreme, right? To be like, oh, let me smell like your sweaty T-shirt. That's really at the far extreme. You think that's extreme? Smell. You think that's extreme? Yeah, not everyone so. loves the smell of your BO, right? Not everyone says, oh, after you work out, let me smell your armpit. That's an extreme love, right? Man, could, I mean, I think it's pretty common to love the, someone's body odor, your partner. And if they sweat or in the gym, there's more of it, which is kind of could be nice. There's always that great story about Napoleon and Josephina, you know, you know that story where he's coming back from war and he says, don't take a bath for a few days, he tells her. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, was her name? 
yes, that's extreme. Not everyone likes the smell of the dirty gym and like the smell of your sweaty old clothes on the floor. Like, think that's extreme. If you like that, that's great. But definitely, that's not the norm. There's plenty of people that like the smell of their partner after a shower, but not before a shower. So the fact that she likes him at his stinkiest, that means it went from one end all the way to the other, from a plus 10 to a negative 10. So that's a big swing. I think that's why she got so upset. But again, this something kind of goes back to this core thing. If you're in a relationship and you make a change and then things go bad, look at the change. Go back and undo the change, right? Like that's an important thing to look at. You already know the cause, which is nice. How often in our lives... Do we spend time at the doctor, at a psychologist, fig- trying to figure out the cause of a problem? It's nice that she knows it right out the gate. So in a way, it's like, oh, that's an easy one because at least she knows. So when women are going out to meet men, if they're on birth control medication, uh, they generally don't really pick up on men's attraction sense the same way as they normally would. So... Um, it's, smell is super, super important to relationships. And women who are on birth control have a messed up sense of smell, which really hurts their chances of meeting a partner and uh, falling for that partner and the relationship. I cannot overestimate how how bad that can be, really. So it's better not to use that as birth control. All right. All right, here's one that... Uh, I thought we could talk about. Let me ask you this question. Um, this is a women always think that things just happen, right? Sex just happens. They go on a date with a guy and they end up in bed with him, and it just sort of happened. They don't realize all of the different moves that the guy had to put on in order to make that happen. So when women are in the position of asking a guy out, <laughs> it's a different story for them. You know, it's a whole different thing now. So in this case, she says, I saw a guy I really liked, and I asked him out at the gym, you know? And she says, I know it's unusual, and I don't really do this before, but I waited for him to finish on his machine, then I saw him today, both of us finished our workouts, and um, I started to chat him up, you know? (laughs) He looked at me with kind of a dirty look and was like, uh, you know, uh, no thanks, And she says, very embarrassed, she says, is this what men feel like after being rejected? I feel like garbage. I can't even tell any of my friends about the story because they would drag me for asking a man out as a woman. (laughs) What do you think about that? Yeah, it is how it feels to be a man. So there's this, it's interesting because sometimes you talk about how women go through life on easy mode because as a woman, if you're attractive at 18, you could be on a yacht, partying around the world, flying first class immediately because guys will pay for all that stuff. You have access to this immediate lifestyle where guys, we don't get that, right? We don't get it unless we earn it. So there's a huge difference. We have to put in huge effort and there is a lot of rejection that we go through and part of the reason that a lot of guys are single is because they're so afraid of rejection. I think that Movies and television have done a lot of mis-socialization for people. One of the things they've done is made it seem like it's a really huge deal. So I can tell you that a lot of things are so much worse in your head than in reality. So one of the first experiences I ever went on is um, one of my mentors, very early, the first time he met me, he goes, walk over those two women at that table and get rejected. And I was like, okay, I'll do whatever you say because I want, you know, I wanted to impress him. He was a good looking guy. I looked up to him and it, it didn't happen. 
when you're trying, it's so hard. Here's what's crazy. If you're trying to get rejected, you never get rejected. So when you try and push an envelope, like I was at talking to them for 20 minutes and then eventually, you know, you realize it's not that bad that the thought of it is not as big a deal. Now it can get really bad if you have bad friends. If you do the version where you say to your friends, hey, I'm going to go talk to that girl. You walk across a huge bar where everyone's looking and the music stops and then you come back with your head between your legs. You create it and they go, oh, look at you, loser. You got shot down. If you create that scenario, that's magnifying the badness. But the important thing is that you go through, I think, a version of exposure therapy. So rejection is never as bad as you think it's going to be. In my head, when I imagine a rejection, it's nothing like that. I imagine that she pulls a gun out of her purse. That's my version of her, when I'm imagining it. That's what I always imagine happens is that I'm sent straight to my grave. She unalives me. I'm not imagining a small scenario. That never happens. No woman, if you go, excuse me, are you in line, turns around and kills you. But I imagine that because that's how extreme my thoughts are. So when people are like, oh, I'm afraid of someone hurting my feelings, I don't think that way. So we have this. Now, it does feel bad. Getting rejected feels really bad because of the way we create it in our minds, which is men, we look at someone as who's attractive and we build up this whole scenario in our head. She's so beautiful. She'd be perfect for me. Look at the way she walks. Look at how she dresses. Like just imagine us walking down an aisle together. We'd be perfect partners. You build that up. Then you walk up and talk to her and she rejects you. And it's like, well, I like you so much. The way to get around this is to remove expectation. So when you walk up to someone, you're going to go, I want to find out if we're compatible. If you switch from, I want to make her like me to, I want to find out if we're compatible. It removes this, um, imbalance. There's a lot of negative talk about like pickup artists or the approach to dating. And that comes from this idea, old school stuff from 20, 30 years ago was she's here. I'm here. And I have to bring her down while pulling myself up. That's really hard. And it requires you to do things that are not that great. Okay, that's where a lot of the negative opinions about pickup artists come from is that phase where you go, I'm going to lower her self-esteem and raise my own or lower her value and raise my value because you come up and you think that. But here's the secret. Value is all imaginary. And a great example of this is if you meet a celebrity. If you've ever met a celebrity that you don't know who they are, you can have a completely normal conversation. I met a really, really famous person at a nightclub in England one time. Real, I'm talking tier one famous, as famous as you can be in England on TV all the time. And I had an amazing conversation with him. We had an amazing time. We bought, I bought him a drink. He bought me a drink. And people go, how do you know him? I go, oh, he was standing next to me in line. And they were like, he's super famous. And I was like, well, I didn't act weird because I didn't know who he was. But if you know who someone is, then you act different, right? You go, you say things like, can I get your autograph? Or I'm a really big fan. And as soon as you say that stuff, you cre- that's all your creation. And it changes the conversation. You can't have a normal conversation anymore. So if you want to have normal conversations, you have to remove these, putting someone on a pedestal because it's happened to me. I don't know if it's ever happened to you where someone recognizes you and they make the conversation weird. And as soon as that happens, it throws everything off because it's like, well, I was having a nice conversation, but then I realized you see me in a, in a certain way. Um, my wife doesn't see me that way when my wife's been around (laughs) when people look up to me and she goes, what is happening here? (laughs) Because she's going into the fan bucket. Yeah. They go into the fan bucket and not the, friend or possible friend bucket. And it's like, that's the worst place for you to be. I happen to think that when you ask a woman out, I've always done better because I expected it not to work out. I expected a negative result for this particular woman and this particular interaction. 
because I always said to myself, I'll probably have a negative result, but if I keep asking women out, I'll have a positive result. So I'm just going to keep asking them out and expect a negative result each individual time. And that's worked out really well. Uh, I call that the uh, thinking positive by expecting a negative result. And it actually is a way to stay positive. And I was always able to uh, ask women out and not feel too rejected because for this particular interaction, I never really expected her to say yes. Yeah, so long story short, it does feel bad to get rejected. And maybe the next time you reject a guy, you'll be a little bit nicer. It does. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's learn that lesson. I don't think she's going to ask anyone out again. So I, I think that's well, done. If I ask her out and she doesn't like him, maybe now she'll be a little bit nicer next time realizing how bad it feels. <laughs> maybe all women should ask one guy out in their lifetime so they can see what it's like. <laughs> Probably would help, actually. Um, you mentioned something I wanted to ask you about. You said picturing a going down the aisle with a woman. Do you think men picture that? Do men actually think about a oh, wedding yeah. and getting married? Really? I would say that men are 10 to 20 times more romantic than women. I agree. So I have, when I was a kid, I imagined the perfect wedding so many times, way more than my sister did. And I think maybe it, if you watch like, women read more romance novels. Romance novels are not romantic. They're erotic, right? They're about the bad boy and doing bad stuff. They're not about two people falling in love and starting a family. That's not what a romance novel is. So the name is a trick. And a great example of this is, and this was, again, this was the theory I grew up on, which was that once a woman likes you a certain amount, then you go through a phase of building a connection enough so that she feels safe enough to be intimate with you, right? You want to create that phase, like after attraction and before you go to the bedroom, there's this phase where you form a connection. It used to be called comfort. What I discovered through a lot of research was that men need more comfort than women. So for most women, that phase could be 15 minutes, but for a lot of men, it needs to be two hours where they go, I feel comfortable enough to say, I want to be naked with you. And that's a, cause that's a big thing. So it's actually, it's interesting to me is that, you know, as women make a faster decision. They decide yes or no. They go, I want to sleep with this guy. I don't want to sleep with this guy. And it's a quicker decision. Whereas for men, we go, we have to go through that easing phase. That's why it's really men who drive the thing to fancy restaurants and light candles. The only time women drive it is when they want to go somewhere just because it's expensive, but not because it's romantic. It's not the romantic element. And here's a great example of this is um, find a woman you're in the friend zone with and do a romantic gesture. And see how much women like romance. Stand outside her window with a boombox. Well, there used to be this TV show. I don't. I can't remember exactly what it was called. It was called something like Dave or Ed. And this guy was in the friend zone with a woman. And he would do these romantic gestures. I remember one scene. He went to her house and he set up all of these fairy lights. Or like the Christmas lights but they're all white at night. Like a bunch of them. And then he came up to her front door dressed in a suit of armor. Uh, and I was like, if you did that. Can you imagine if you did that to a woman in high school? <laughs> Like you'd have to, you'd have to change high schools. They would kick you out for sure. So, well, of course, you're, it, it was a takeoff on the scene of was it all of me with John Cusack's holding up the the boombox yeah. in her window. That, it's so stupid. I, it's so stupid. Horrible. So Horrible. That scene from Say Anything is really Say Anything. So that scene is really tricky. I what I do what I used to do because I always want to find out. So I'll say to a woman, "Hey." 
is there a guy that, like, is in the front that likes you, but you don't like him back? And she goes, yeah. And I was like, what's his first name? She'll say the first name and go, okay, what if he did that? And she's like, I'm calling the police. I say, what if it's a guy you don't really know? So romantic gestures, here's the secret to romantic gestures. They only work if a woman already really likes you, like likes you a lot. Um, Usually it's post. And they're not needed. They're not needed at that point. They're probably not not desirable because they're kind of – phony and stupid really if you already know somebody you're sleeping together you get to know them what do you need that for well that's but but that's the only time you're she won't call the cops (laughs) if she does like at least you don't need it to jail but you're you go outside a high school girl's window and her dad is calling the cops on you unless she really likes you and that's just an important thing so especially if you're 50 years old you know same thing with flowers flowers are really a waste until after she yeah. already flipped the switch and likes you. And that's an important thing is to understand that the things we see yeah. as romantic gestures, they make more sense later on in a relationship where it's saying, no, I still like you as opposed to I lo- the initial like. So yeah, romance is very much men's creation. And I think men need it more. We're more romantic. It's kind of surprising. When I, I met, when I met my girlfriend that became my wife, I was thinking about our being together and having a family but I wasn't thinking about a wedding at all. I just, I don't care about that. I was just thinking about, oh, this would be someone I'd like to spend my life together and have kids with, um, which is what we ended up doing. So n- never in your life before, even in high school or something, did you like a girl and kind of imagine that perfect wedding in your head? Maybe it's just no. me. That's what I'm asking. Okay. I would imagine being together with them in, in the okay. rest of my life. But um, yeah, so I think women are not that romantic because they have to deal with the physiology they have to deal with bleeding every month, getting pregnant, all of the rest of that. And and that's very practical. You have to be very practical. So men can pretend that doesn't happen and they can be all romantic. That's a, a yin and yang thing. That's good. Yeah, so I've got one that's a little bit crazy. Um, I was thinking about this one. I have a lot of thoughts on this one, which is that um, I was... About to go on a date with a woman. Um, she's two years older than me. She's nice, attractive, honest. I've always liked talking to her a few weeks ago. I asked her on a date. I figured, hey, you know what? If she says no, no big deal. But if she says yes, great. We'll see if something's there. We went on a date, and I thought it was awesome. We went out to dinner, had drinks. Everything was really smooth. And then we even took a walk on the, a bridge over the town's lake. Sounds romantic. <laughs> and I dropped her off and was elated. I loved that night. However, when I was scrolling through TikTok, when I get home in my bed, I see a video from her on my For You page, the recommended videos from her. And in the post, it says she's getting ready for a date I don't really want to go on. And I felt like it was like a bucket of ice water pour on me and all this stuff. And, you know, then he goes on and on about how bad it makes him feel, right? And here's, I was thinking about this. Here's my initial opinion, which is that I feel like a lot of women I've been on dates with felt this way before the date with me. Like, I feel like I'm so glad I don't know. Um, and here's why. I've gone on dates before, where before the date, I think to myself, I don't really want to go. I kind of want to cancel. Or in business meetings or other things. I didn't want to go. Time. I never wanted to go on a date. It's such a drag. It's such so awful. You know, you have to first get groomed and dressed. There's all the chances of all the rejection. You're nervous. It's so stressful. I always just, I drag myself on dates, but I found them very, very difficult. 
I've asked this woman that we work with, I don't know if you know Heather, but she's worked with me for many, many years. And she said that she didn't really like her husband when she met him, and she didn't want to go out on dates with him at the beginning. So it's not just guys. Women could feel the same way for a yeah, while. The, and the thing is, there is this trend now of women putting stuff on TikTok that they shouldn't. <laughs> yes. And this is an example of this, the fact that like he saw it. And here's the thing. I saw this and I was like, uh, oh, I'm so glad it's a video from before the date, not a video of her after the date thing. It was the worst because <laughs> it knows. That would be worse. Yeah, that would be so, really bad. He, I wouldn't merge the two things. I don't really care how someone felt before the date with me because the date still happened. I've been on plenty of events, even meeting with you tonight. I was like trying to, a part of me always, every single week, a part of me wants you to cancel. And then I have a really good time. And this is not every time I shoot a podcast of my own, every time I'm doing anything where I'm talking to another person, yeah. I kind of part of me hopes they cancel because I don't know, yeah. there's this relief of it removes the pressure. So her not wanting to date, who cares? I don't care. I care that she showed up and it sounds like the date. But you don't want to know. You don't want to no, know that. Though. I don't That's need to be point. told. Right. So the lesson no, no. here is this guy needs to delete TikTok and just delete and pretend he didn't know. Because here's the worst thing you could do is bring it up with her and kind of go down that rabbit hole. And it's yeah. you, it's not First worth thing. it. And I thought it was going to go in another, I really thought he was going to talk about, I thought it was great. She thought it was bad, but none of that happened. So my thought is just, I feel like a lot of dates that I've been on, this has happened. I'm glad I didn't know. So I would, you got to let it go. What do you think? You think he should confront her about it? <laughs> no, no, no. Should never say a word about it. Pretend it didn't happen and have a really good time. And understand that everybody feels this way, that they nor normally shouldn't share it with their friends, especially in social media, but they did. So that's just one of those things you have to pretend never happened. And you could have a really good time and they could end up becoming a couple. You never know. It doesn't mean anything. Nothing means nothing. You know, speaking of this, um, I saw one before from a uh, a woman and she said, Oh, I love to cuddle with my friend. He's like really cool. We like to cuddle and stuff, but I notice I'm getting very aroused and I think he's getting very aroused. Does this mean he's sexually attracted to me? <laughs> so now, I don't know about you, but I would never have occurred to me to cuddle with a girl unless I wanted to have sex with her. Really? Maybe that's bad, but. I would have never thought, oh, we'll just be friends and cuddle. Wasn't something we would do. Okay, so you have to understand that this is a woman who keeps guys in the friend zone and keeps telling herself, oh, this guy just wants, she, they'll say things like, oh, you're like, just like a gay guy or just like a mannequin or just like a eunuch, right? They'll say those things. Uh, so then when, then when, you know, a penis makes its appearance, it's such a surprise because she's been lying to themselves for years. Here's the secret. If a guy is cuddling with you, he wants to, do more okay yeah, i definitely cuddled with a girl i was in the friend zone and hoped she would notice things happening downstairs so i've been that guy um here's i'll give you an honest piece of advice for all the women out there if a man is with you and he has an erection he's attracted to you we don't well, she must know that on some level right unless he's like 14 when i was 14 if it was windy i would get one but after 14 right you have control and it's like we don't get it's not like oh it's cold i got an erection or oh i sneezed or i or i sensed danger okay those things don't cause them anymore so it sounds like she's there's like the the fight between reality and the lies she's been telling herself like yeah 
here's why he's cuddling with you. He's hoping that you'll notice and touch it. Like, and it sounds like she's responding. So I can't believe it's actually working. I can't believe the cuddle strategy is working in this case. I like the cuddle strategy for people that want to become romantic partners before they actually have sex. I think it's fantastically helpful. This is a friend zone cuddle where she's like, Hey, where'd you get that? I thought you didn't even have one. (laughs) I mean, at least she's, this is the one in a million where she's responding, but it is, it's crazy that you can say like, Hey, what do you think that means? (laughs) Yeah. It only means one thing. It's obvious in a way, isn't it? Um, I have a, person that's uh, working with us, he said that they have had no sex for several years. He's married. And he says his wife has an addiction. She buys stuff. And she buys stuff that the home is filled with stuff she's bought that she can't afford, that they can't afford. So he's separated. And he said now that he's separated, she wants to have sex with him. And so now they're having sex all the time. What do you think happened do you think it was the separation? Why is it that the sex switch went on after several years? Okay. This is a pretty advanced one, in my opinion, because there's a lot of kind of moves happening here. I think that when you let someone have everything, when you give a woman everything she wants and have total control in the relationship, she loses attraction for you. So this is the classic case of, Woman meets a man with tattoos who rides a motorcycle, has long hair, and he's in a band, right? She gets him to cut his hair, trade the motorcycle in for a minivan, start wearing clothes, get a day job, laser off the tattoos, and then she looks at him and goes, I'm not attracted to you anymore, right? And it's like, it's your You're not the same. You're not the man that I dated. You're different. And (laughs) You made me that way. (laughs) Women will, yeah, a woman will take away all the things that made you attractive and then complain. So and, you don't have to, as a man, you don't have to let this happen, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Continue. So what happened is she was spending all the money without any barrier. He wasn't providing any stop, right? He wasn't stopping her from the spending. He wasn't putting his foot down. He was just letting her do what she wanted. So she stopped respecting him. This is my feeling is that she didn't respect him anymore. And when he finally said, you know what? I don't want to be a part of this. I'm out of here. He for the first time, she saw his spine again, right? She hadn't seen the spine in years. She forgot he had one. So sometimes you have to take extreme action. You know, I have a different philosophy on you. I believe in um, setting backfires. I believe in it's how you fight a forest fire. You start a small fire so the big fire doesn't take over everything. I believe that you do have to... The reason I like a small fight, I start a fight every six weeks or so with my wife, is because it gives you a chance to show that you can take a firm stance, especially on something that doesn't matter. So I start fights on about dumb stuff, not about really important things, right? Like I don't start a huge fight with whether or not we should have another child, you know, or whether or not I'm still in love with her. So I'll start it about something dumb, but that way I can put my foot down, but also it's not something that like is going to make or break the relationship. So there's a lot of strategy to it. And it gives her a chance to see me putting my foot down and also get those emotions out because she likes to experience all of her emotions. And it's, you know, it's worked for us for almost 11 years. So She I can see that. you basically as a man. Here's what I want to do. Here's what we're going to do. So you're assertive. And she sees that. And occasionally that's sexy and attractive. It's probably what she saw in you originally, right? Yeah. He, the fact that he, for the first time, he's kind of taken a strong position and shown the actions. is like, I moved out. 
Um, now, my other thought is like I – the danger with this type of situation, you know they say is when you go into AA or any type of addiction program, don't date another person from here. Right? I see. You don't want – I didn't know that. What happens Makes sense. What if you fall – You have to get out of the drug world, the alcohol world. You have to get into a different world. Well, it's not just that. So you're like two people in recovery. So yeah, you have a lot in common. But if one of you falls, you'll bring the other person with you. So the sure. danger here is that he moves back in with her, which becomes uh, she goes, oh, you know what? He didn't really mean it. It's And this is a crazy thing, right? Like he's like, wait. And then she'll lose respect for him again. So it's so in other words, as soon as he moves back, there's the a danger. tension is off in a sense. The tension is sort of off. And now it's like they're going to fall back into the old familiar patterns very quickly. Well, he needs to like there's things you can do. He has to do something else to establish it. I would do things like cut up credit cards in front of her. Like I would actually try and I would try and get you know those pre-approved credit cards that aren't real. You have, you still have to sign up for the credit card. But they send you a little plastic thing that's like a pretend card. I would every time one of those comes in the mail, I would cut it up in front of her. Because it's a it's a big act, but it's also meaningless. So it's like perfect. Oh, they, they they should they should be on all cash. He should. The only way he should go back is if they take all their credit cards, rip them up, and don't use yeah. them again. And everything is paid with cash. It's, it's I mean, just like it's no different than if someone's cheating. If you found out your partner's cheating, if you're going to have her back, you know she has to show you her phone. She has to not have any private life at that point, in oh, my yeah. opinion. I, and so it's the same thing. He has to lay out very strict rules if he's going to come back. But can he? And I didn't understand the business. I couldn't tell if she was just buying a lot of stuff or was into the phase where it's hoarding. Yeah, she. He said she. All I know is she has an addiction, and the house is full of stuff. It's not my house. It's all the stuff that she bought, and it's so out of control. Yeah, I mean, I had a. This came up with me and my wife today, where I was like, my wife should always. I said to her, I want the house to always look like my mom is going to show up and give it an inspection. I said, every day it should feel that way, right? Or it should look like a hotel. Those are the two things I say. So that we just have a baseline of what we're trying to create. So, and she's like, you're the one who makes all the mess. I was like, I know. I'm very aware that I'm the one who makes the mess. But also, that's our trade-off, right? That's our relationship, which is that she doesn't do any, she doesn't work, right? She goes to the gym for three hours a day, sits by the pool two hours a day. So it's not as though I'm not doing it. You're the one earning the money, so you can make a mess. She's the one who's not working, so she could clean it up. And yeah. I also like what you said. You said, I know it's not the way it is, but it's the way I'd like it to be. That's what we should work for. I am a big believer in looking at where you are right now and a picture of where you want to be. And you can describe that where you want to be. What should it look like when it's finished, when it's the way you want? Yeah. So it's not like it's going to be that way, but you're, the way you want it is to be like you said, like a hotel. That's what you said. So now she can see what you want when it's done and she can start working towards that goal. And I think that's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah, and don't forget, my wife also has four full-time housekeepers. <laughs> she, has a, like, yeah. it's like she has a lot of help. Because you live in a remote country where you can afford that in the, in the mean, U.S. here, we would be. Especially like, it's not as though it doesn't even have to be you. You could just make sure that it happens and do some oversight. So it's like, Exactly that, which is um, if you don't set boundaries, it's the same I, with my kids. Whenever I punish my kids, they are so much nicer to me right afterwards. Like they really respond positively to having a barrier. Kids need those limitations. Kids need 
structure. Kids need a bedtime. Kids need to know this is okay. This is not okay. This is safe. This is not safe. And that has to be in place or they feel a sense of confusion. Like if you say, oh, if you do this, I'll punish you, but then you don't because you don't want to do a punishment, then it creates this real problem because they don't know there's no barriers. So you have to set boundaries in your relationship. And what happens is if you let mission creep happen, right? Where something that's a little bit annoying happens, it gets more and more, it will just grow. And you maybe you never say anything until you move out because obviously he was upset before he separated, right? The question is, did he say things as the house was getting messier and messier? Was he taking action? I don't know. But I would say, like, I mean, do you think he should move back in with her? I think he should have some rules. I'll move back in with you. We're going to rip up all the credit cards. I'm going to give you a cash allowance every week. And we're going to do it that way. It's all going to be cash. We're not going to spend anything in plastic. And if she agrees and he follows through, he should move back. Yeah. It just, I think the hard part is that he would have to change his own behavior so much because he's put up with it for so long. He's never. You know what, Jonathan? I can't imagine. Why somebody, unless she's sick, why someone would put up with a two-year no-sex relationship? Oh, that's nothing. I have a friend who did 25 years. I couldn't even believe it. It's <laughs> like, what? So it happens. I know. It absolutely It happens because, because you, let you let it happen. The man is allowing it to happen. I know someone who's been sexless for 12, 15 years, and they still sleep in the same bed. Uh, I, anybody to let that happen. I wouldn't let it happen. I wouldn't let it happen for a week. I think it's critically important. You maintain a constant ongoing sexual relationship with your partner. Again, things can happen like, you know, some sickness, but other than that. Yeah. So we have had those droughts, like when one of us is sick or if one of the kids is sick and like, we're taking care of that kid every night that happens or after we have a baby. Um, so you also have to know that there are going to be those windows of time but you can't have no end point i think that's the important thing if like you just go well you we've been, i've been sick for three months i guess we're never doing this ever again right that's it's, it's definitely a big component of your marriage like it's not everything but it's just like pretty important it's the foundation of a romantic relationship yeah. as a physical part of it I mean, it's what otherwise you from roommates otherwise roommates just, are exactly yeah you're just like, roommates and you don't don't ever allow that to happen don't ever allow that to happen. Don't put up with that. Again, I know there's exceptions. Uh, some people are very old and they're sick. The man is sick and, you know, he's not going to want to start over again. And he's, they have a relationship where she's helping to take care. There's all kinds of situations. But uh, I did want to have a discussion about that one. <laughs> I've got one for you. This one's crazy. I think you're going to love this. It's like my boyfriend abandoned me on a date for his best friend who needed him. This is a really good one because she buries the lead in the email, but it starts off with like, I'm dating someone and his best friend has always disliked me and he's catty. So I'm catty back. And then the friend, the best friend is gay. And this, she buries that in there. And it's like, he only dates guys that look exactly like her boyfriend. Right. So it's like, imagine if, if every boyfriend I had looked exactly like you, you'd start to get suspicious, right? Like you should, you go, why do you keep dating guys that look exactly like me? I go, I'm not into you. We're just friends. And so she's basically very suspicious. He's like, oh, he's always touching my boyfriend too much. He's always uh, too touchy thing. And like, and the thing is, even when we go out for special days, 
he keeps his phone with him just in case the guy needs him. I actually had a situation like this as grazing with a friend of mine. So when I was in my 20s, a friend of mine was friends with a guy who was like always telling us, he's like, I'm not gay, but he would always go to gay nightclubs and he worked in a gay, uh, he worked as a gay exotic dancer. And I was like, feel like a lot of the signs for you might be, those are like some of the big signs that you might be gay, right? <laughs> and it's like he had dated guys in the past. I was like, again, these are all pretty, pretty solid signs. So, but he was always saying to my friend, he even said, listen, I got a job for us as DJs where we can go to this other city and be DJs together, but we have to tell everyone we're in a relationship. Like, it sounds like I'm describing a movie, but I, this is really what he said. He was like, we'll go, we'll be able to DJ, but you can only be DJing at these places if you're gay, because it's DJ nights for gay guys. So we'll just say we're a couple that way. No one will hit on you, but you and me will like also have to live together. And I was like, and also maybe share a bed. I mean, where, how far are we going here with this? This sounds like, like a movie. Okay, setup, just right? share a bed, but nothing more. Yeah. It's like, but also sometimes if anyone walks in, we have to both be naked under the sheets just in case, because we have to keep the lie going. And it's like, this is what you see in a movie. I didn't know what happens in real life, but I didn't so, either. Here's the, the situation is, well, what do you do if you're her? Because what's interesting is the guy has, an, her boyfriend has another guy in the friend zone. That's what's really happening. And they're both creating this lie where the guy goes, I'm not attracted to you. And the other guy goes, he's not attracted to me. And this is a friend zone discussion. So how do you, um, because if people don't believe you, then there's there's like nothing you can do to make them break through that belief. How do you? It, it sure sounds like he he's having a physical relationship with his friend. I mean, and if he's not, it sounds like he wants to. To me, I mean, don't you get that? Yeah, I think so. Story? I think that her boyfriend is not interested in the other guy, but he's lying to himself and pretending the guy's not interested in him because they're best friends. So. I think that's it's a friend zone situation where the same thing a woman will say, right? Remember the woman said earlier, it's like, oh, I'm so surprised that this guy was aroused when he was cuddling with me, right? So if you have to, in order to be friends with someone who's has feelings for you, you have to constantly create this lie, which is, oh no, he's just like that. Right? Oh, that's just how he they say we say these things that's like, oh, he does I don't see him that way. He knows I don't see him that way, he knows nothing would ever happen. It's the thing where a woman says to you, like, oh, I want to meet someone exactly like you. Not you, gross, but someone like you. I always put in the gross. Like, you don't need to say that. But you hear that. So my feeling is that she has to, I mean, the way to break someone out of the friend zone, here's my experience. When you're outside of the friend zone, you have to force them to face reality. And the way to do that is by making them look directly at an event. And I'll usually say, like, so if I'm... I meet a woman on a night out and the guy's there. And usually if there's a friend zone guy, he'll be trying to block me out because he's like paying for all. And I'll know because he's like paying for all of her drinks. And I'll just say, because I'm not a sleazeball, I'll say, oh, are you guys together? And he'll go, yes. And she'll go, no. <laughs> it's like the most common thing. It's so common that a guy will lie and say he's in a relationship with a woman, even though he's not. And so I'll say to her, I'll say, hey, has he ever gotten drunk and made a move on you? And every single person has has every time she goes oh yeah one time this happened i go yeah it's because he wants to sleep with you and i like to do it when the person's standing there because i want to create a moment of great tension between the two of them where and it's actually for me it's not about the woman it's about freeing the guy because i've been the guy trapped in the friend zone and he like gets mad at me i go i'm freeing you because you're wasting your time here she's never going to hook up with you i'll take care of that for you because i'm your friend 
but you can now actually find someone who is attracted to you because I'm breaking you free. I've been trapped in the friend zone with someone for more than a year. So for two years, I was trapped in someone's friend zone. So believe you me, freeing someone means a lot. Even if it feels like it's bad at the time, it doesn't feel like a prison break. But that's the only way I know how to do it. So what I would do is I would just say to the boyfriend, I'd say, hey, listen, have you guys ever been hanging out like hugging or something and then he had an erection? And I would say that means he want. I guess what? It only means one thing. So, and then I would ask, her, have you ever had one too? Then I go, okay, you guys are gay for each other. Like, find out. <laughs> but you have to look at it directly. You have to really call it out. And you have to do something where yeah, it's I agree. obvious. Where it's like, oh, because a girl would be like, oh, he bought me a car, but he doesn't have feelings for me. It's like, um, are you sure that's what that means? No, he bought you, you a car. You can tell yourself that, but you may not be honest yeah. with yourself. So you have to break through the delusion, but it just really feels like. Maybe you just need to like get out of this relationship as well because it's never going to be better. If there's someone's best friend hates you and it's always coming up and they're hanging out all the time, like it's never going to go away. Now, I've seen this sort of other situations like this. Uh, the, the, the guy has to keep in touch with his caregiver for his mother. Um, his dog is sick and someone's taking care of the dog and he has to talk to them. There's all these things that can be like, oh, I got to be near the phone i have to be here honey uh, i'm with you but i'm also got to be monitoring things you know which is a way of not being present in a relationship sometimes it's unavoidable but i think that you have to put your foot down because otherwise you're not really together with somebody because they're over here instead of with you so uh it happens occasionally but it shouldn't be chronic yeah, unless you're a doctor or a fireman, like someone who's on call where you could get an emergency call and actually have to go into work because then you don't need your phone there. So I never have um, an alert on my phone. My phone never rings or buzzes. So I miss phone calls all the time. Mine's on silent. I have everything on silent. Yeah, I always have it on silent, which means not even vibration because it's never actually, if it's actually an emergency, someone in the house or someone with me if the person I would want to call me is with me, right? Like I'm at home or I'm with my wife. So very rarely, maybe I do turn the ringer on if I'm expecting, like if I have a meeting and I need the alarm yeah. to go off, I'll turn it on for that. And then I turn sure. it off. But I never have had it on for like 24 hours straight, like not in 10 years, because it turns out all the stuff we think is important. is not that important. Like I, when I grew up, and you're not like, there, you're not there. You're always somewhere else. You're always on your phone. I totally get it. If just have a phone at home, there's never really that emergency thing. Mm-mm. And no. it's but we think that we're super important and that we have to be on call all the time because we're imagining it. And you just have to kind of break through that. But, oh, in case my friend has an emergency, he needs to call me. I can't be present with you. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on there about prioritization. But overall, you know, you have to decide what you're going to put up with. And if someone's constantly – it would be the same thing. It doesn't matter that it's a guy. If, it was a, if he was best friends with a woman and the woman was always – calling him away because she was having bad dates and cuddling with him and doing each other's hair and taking showers together, whatever any of these things are, I would, it's the same thing. I would feel the same thing about it, whether it's a man or woman. So it kind of becomes more obvious if you think of it as a woman, you go, okay, and then there's definitely something suspicious. So you got to right. break that friend zone situation. All right. So one more I thought was interesting. Uh, this woman writes, um, it was Father's Day. And uh, he told me what he wanted, and I didn't give it to him. So he's mad at me now. 
She said, however, however, on Mother's Day, okay, but on Mother's Day, I told him what I wanted, and he didn't give that to me. So she's basically getting back at him because he didn't give her what she asked for, and then so she didn't give him what he asked for. So they're in this fight now, okay? She said the kids went to bed. They're all arguing after that. At least they waited for the kids to go to bed. Um, I was angry. He was angry. How do you read this type of a thing? So when I was a kid, my dad one time on my birthday bought himself a new car. And I couldn't believe it. Now that I'm a dad, I get it. (laughs) I completely get it. Because you know what? When you're the dad, Father's Day, listen, my birthday was last week. No one cared. Okay? My wife always says, oh, I don't have any money to get you anything. And I'm like, that's not true. Right? It's just, you could, even if you just saved up $10 a week, you would have, you could be able to buy me a $500 present every year, right? Like, it's not even a crazy number, but you could buy me an amazing present just saving that. Or even saving a dollar a week, you could buy me something nice, right? So it's not that. It's the kind of person she is, and that's how a lot of people are. But heaven forbid I forget a Mother's Day. So one year, Mother's Day is before Father's Day. I think that's why they put it earlier in the year to make sure this doesn't happen. But I can tell you that Father's Day is not. No one treats Father's Day like Mother's Day, right? It's not as big a holiday. It's not no. even close. It's like really people think of the mother as like she gave birth to you and the father's he was in the room when it happened. It's like you're a witness. You know what? The father is making more of a choice than the mother is because, you know, mothers are mothers. They they generally are, have to be nurturing. They take care of the kids. The father doesn't. The father can leave, but he doesn't. He stays around. You and I are good fathers. I think it's, we should be celebrated more than mothers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree we make with that you. choice. However, it's never going to happen. So I my kids, same thing. My wife didn't even get the kids to go and like make cards for me on my birthday. She doesn't do any of that stuff. And it's just who she is. And that's how, but I, one time we, I said, okay, you know what? Maybe what we'll do is have parody. So I said, listen, this year for Christmas, let's just not get each other presents and we'll just focus on the kids. And let me just That's tell you better. something. Come Christmas morning, she did not like that at all. Right? Oh, it's much better. It's much better. She did not, and she realized, and I was like, okay, so the truth is that like, what you really like is for me to buy you stuff and you not get me anything. So when you're the dad, you got to buy yourself what you want. Is the, and the answer to the question is buy yourself the present you want, and that kind of makes the problem go away because you're the one who you make Okay, I, I don't think that's the issue here, Jonathan. I think the issue is that he's angry with her. And she's yeah. and, and and they're in this anger. The relationship is splitting apart. Yeah. So I was talking about the overall uh, issue. You're actually right, which is that he didn't buy her what she wanted. But this is exactly it. This says a lot about it. She's like, hey, he didn't give me the Mother's Day I wanted. And what do you think the odds are? Here's what I think actually happened, because this is something I've experienced. She gave him a bunch of hints about what she wanted, and he guessed wrong. Yeah. And then he wrote down exactly what he wanted. If you You could pick up the phone right now and call my wife and say, hey, what did John want for his birthday? And she knows. She'll tell you exactly because I told her what it was. <laughs> I wrote it down. Now, I think it's interesting. I want to tell you what I, what I think is interesting about this that I didn't mention. But their wishes for their days, respectively, fathers and mothers, were to have a free day. Which I guess means away from the kids, away from their spouse, I guess. And instead, <laughs> for Mother's Day, <laughs> her her husband had the kids, oh, we've got tickets to this thing. We're all going with mom. So, you know, she spent the day with her husband and her kids, and she resented that. And he said, for my Father's Day, I want a free day. So, of course, she gets tickets to something, and they all go somewhere. 
And it, okay, I had a good time, but that wasn't the point. Say, I think right. it's weird that at Father's or Mother's Day that they want to be away from their family. That's why I see this as okay. bad news. There's, yeah. I mean, also the fact that, like, she's seeking revenge. So they're yeah, doing a thing, exactly. which is a pre It's a sign that there's divorce in the future because they're doing a thing where they're seeking revenge against each other, where they're kind of like, oh, they're counting, for they're counting offenses. That's it. They're counting offenses. It's like I'm— It's like a business transaction. No, let's count up how many here, how many there. Yeah, and it's like—so— if you're in the, so my situation is I know I'm not going to get anything big on my birthday or whatever Christmas whatever for my family. I just accept it. I kind of know how that is and I just buy myself what I want. And that's how I live anyways. So if you're but this is a situation where instead of doing that, right? You're just making lists of every time someone's done the wrong thing. So I don't know. It's interesting they did the exact same thing to each other, but it's like yeah. <laughs> and it's it's crazy that they're like, oh my gosh, you bought tickets and made me do you made something. me ten time with my family. Oh my it god! What the thing is, right? Like, if it depends what you take someone to. Those both sound to me like nice mothers and fathers. The hard part is to me, it sounds yeah. like two nice days. <laughs> like, it doesn't sound, sound wonderful. It, it's it's hard wonderful. for me to wrap my head around. It sounds like an amazing Father's Day, and yeah, the problem is it's the problem is not. That there's something else going on. There's an undercurrent. Yeah, the, the thing is, if somebody wants a vacation from their family, that means that they're not really happy with their well, family. I don't know about that. Father's Day and Mother's Day should be with the kids because it's Father Monday. I do think, as my parents taught me when I was a kid, vacation is when you go out of town without your kids. That's what my parents used to tell me. I've been on a vacation this year with the kids and without the kids, and they're completely different. Obviously, right. I love spending time with my kids, and I love bringing them with me, but it is a lot more work. Right. You're not you don't get to relax when you have the kids with you because I've got four kids. There's a lot of moving parts. They need attention. One of them is always crying. One of them always is hurt. They always need attention. So I get that. But it just is a strange you can't, thing on Father's Day. You can't give yourself you can't give each other um, this focus relationship when you have kids because the kids have to be the focus of it. Yeah. That's why it's good to have a relationship for a few years where you build a foundation romantically, sexually, and every other way where you're just together. So then when you have the kids, you have that base. Yeah, you know, you but... trust each other and believe in each other. Uh, maybe they didn't do that. Maybe they had the kids too soon before they really built that relationship. And well, maybe when it was just the two of them. Well, maybe she wasn't on birth control because she didn't want to mess up her sense of smell, and that's why she got pregnant. That could be. It's like, maybe yeah. it's all connected. Uh, maybe when... it's our fault. I think that's a good place to stop. I think you're absolutely right. Let's bring it back to the beginning. So she should uh, get off her birth control pills now. Uh, yes. She'll really feel fall for her husband again and not want to be away from him and the kids. Yeah, I think you just have to, whenever you're having a huge fight that's lasting, because Father's Day and Mother's Day are what, six weeks apart? There, there's a distance. I think so. That. so mm-hmm. That's a long time to be plot she was plotting for six weeks and thinking about it and wanting to upset him so there's an under you have to look at the underlying cause which is first of all why do you guys want to spend mother's day away from the kids like the way of celebrating mother's day is to be not a mother for one day a year i get it maybe they're just like so busy with the kids you never have a breather but also the other thing is that like why are you what's going on that like your first thought is how do i get revenge like there's oh, some- i like the free day oh, no. idea the first day a free day Hmm. So that means that you're 
enslaved the rest of the time? What are you being free of exactly? <laughs> you know, it's that's disturbing. Well, maybe it's one of those situations where like the kids are homeschooling. The dad goes away to work all day, so she's with the kids all day long every day. Could so be. maybe it makes sense for Mother's Day. But for Father's Day, I think for Father's Day, it's the free day thing is weirder. Because as a dad, we tend yeah, to spend the time with kids anyways. But that's a crazy right. I've got I've got a pretty good one here that I think you're going to like. This one's pretty interesting right. to me, which is that my husband has demanded that I stop cooking for my friends. So what happened is my husband and I have been married for three months. He's more traditional than me. I don't think that's what's going on here, but she puts that in. She goes, we're dating, swept me off my feet, dinners, vacations, yada, yada. Of course. Last year, I started a baked good side hustle. So she started, ba- you know, standard woman lady business. It's great. Baked goods are delicious. And um, it makes brings me so much joy. And what happens is it makes me really busy. Okay, that's, I think that's the key word here is busy, in my opinion. It says, but my husband's angry that I'm spending evenings with my girlfriends. It's maybe one to two nights a week. And I don't see people much outside of that. And he says, I'm not a good wife. And he feels used because I said I was going to buy a car with my own money. He became angry. He said he's not going to pay for groceries anymore. And I need to contribute more money. So let's start with this. In a relationship, there's the couple's money and the woman's money. <laughs> you know? there's, there's our money and there's her money. There's never... Um, and this is a lesson, like, this is why a lot of single women who go, why make money too? But it's like, yeah, but it doesn't affect, it doesn't go into the relationship. It doesn't go into the shared pot. So I think, and maybe this, this is my read, is that he's paying for the groceries. She's turned the groceries into cookies, selling the cookies, and she goes, now it's all my money. <laughs> he's an investor who's not getting an ROI. Like, I think that's the first, that's my thought. And this is something I'm very familiar with, by the way, because my wife ran a business for a couple of years and the exact same thing happened. We went to the movies once and I, ha- I asked her to pay for both of us. And she goes, oh, this is what it feels like. I don't like this at all. And I said, welcome to my planet. <laughs> welcome to what it feels like when you're the one who pays for everything. So I, I think that, but three months into a marriage to say she's someone's a bad wife is pretty quick. So I think that the issue here is that he is seeing her move away from dependence on him. And he's feeling very insecure about the relationship. Here she is. She has her own business. She's going to buy herself a car, which is expensive. She spends time with other people. I'm not saying that it's men, but she's spending time with other people. So she's moving outside of the dependence on him into a different orbit. And he's worried he'll lose her because he's very insecure. That's what I read in this. Because yeah, uh, so, it's it's interesting because it, the, when she described and the thing is, there's always two sides of every story. She's like, "Oh, it's one or two nights a week with my friends," but it could also be. So, we, you know what? When you're running a business like she's doing, you know what? Those vacations that's not happening anymore because she's got to have that consistent grind. Mm-hmm. The second thing is like, "Oh, we right. used to go out to dinner all the time." You can't do that because you're working at nights. I'm not sure, but it sounded to me like she has a day job as well, but maybe not. Maybe this is the only job she's doing. It's it's hard to tell because she doesn't have a car. How's she going to work? So I wasn't sure. But the thing is that, yeah, as a man, you, there are things that this is what can happen is that there's something that gets your wife really excited and you can get really jealous and you kind of have to 
deal with that. So one of the things is that like we, we deal with this in our marriage with personal trainers. So my wife goes to the gym and she had a trainer that was like really good looking. And we always have trainers that creep on her. We've had a bunch of times where trainers like are too into her and like I'll have make major progress, but they'll always like dump on me and say she's doing amazing, even though I'm like having more progress or something. And I'm like, or I'll do competition. They go, it's not a competition all the time, even though it's like, well, marriage is a competition. Of course, if two of you are doing the gym together, what's the point if you don't have a competition element, right? It's a friendly competition, but there's an element of the competition to it, right? Who's getting stronger, who's losing more weight, all that stuff. So um, I kind of was like, listen, you got to have a personal trainer that's at least ugly. <laughs> like we got to like, we I agree. Compromise. I agree. It can be, I agree. there's no women personal trainers here. That's the first thing I look for. There just are none. Okay. There's not any, doesn't exist as a job in this country. Women don't personal train in this country. That's the first thing I looked for. I was like, let's, you know, let's get me a lady personal trainer. Like, let me get in on that too. But you have to set boundaries around that don't take away the person's passion. Right. So I don't want to say don't go to the gym anymore because I'm no, no, what bothers him is that she's becoming independent financially. That's what's bothering him. Yeah. I think that that's it is he has to, as a guy and you can't, here's the thing he can crush her. They're early in the marriage. He can probably manipulate and crush her passion, make her give up this whole thing and say things like, Oh, it's her little hobby or it was like a cute little try, but you know, and, but she will always resent him. If you kill the thing that makes her happy, I think you have to find the right answer to me is he has to find a balance to where she can pursue her dream and it's not, but he still gets the affirmation that he needs. And that's the balance is that. So here's what I would say he should do. Okay. He should be happy that his wife is trying to get, become more independent and building a business. He should say, Let's go shopping for flour and recipes or whatever you need. I want to go visit with you when you're with your friends, see what I can contribute to this. Let's see if we can build this business together. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that happens is when you're funding, he's funding the business, right? Because she's using his money to buy the ingredients. Um, This is something we actually dealt with specifically. So when we were running a hotel for a couple of years, I would always say, and they wouldn't know, I would say, how much does it cost, the ingredients cost, versus what we're selling food for? And my wife never knew. <laughs> okay, I was like, so what I don't are the know. Cost, what are the cogs? What are the cogs? Yeah, I said, so if someone's breakfast includes these ingredients, what does it cost us, right? Because we were buying like a couple hundred eggs a day, things like that, and it's like really, com- right. restaurant is a nightmare business because you have to buy, you have to guess what you're going to sell tomorrow, because you can't keep an egg for like three weeks. So, um, but she always struggled with that. And it was, that was one of the big problems with it amongst other things. Like I was like, that's why that type of business is hard because there's a lot, you have to be really good at the math with the stuff. So, but you were involved in it. You were involved in it to the point where you were asking her financial questions. He, yeah. But what he's seeing is, Hey, I make the money. You buy groceries, you turn the groceries into food, you sell the food. And I don't, there's no return. I'm in, I'm funding the business, but I'm not getting a reward for it. He might be seeing, that's why he's saying, but I think you're right that it's more of a jealousy thing when he's saying, okay, I'm not buying I think so too. anymore. But I think that there's things yeah. she could do where she could also say like, listen, you know what? Half, or I mean, even this, how about like the look, money look, it, overhead? It, the cost of goods should go back to him, right? Because he's the one who's 
it's that money. It's yeah, that- you should you should put the put some money into this account. She uses that account to buy her flour and her yeah. butter, and then when the money comes in, she puts it in the account like any business. I mean, that's you know logical. It's also like maybe if he makes enough money that it's not a problem, he should just not care because this is a stupid thing to fight about. So of here's the the, what I'm trying to say. Start. This is one that I considered. This is not a risky one because there are dangerous ones. I can tell you. So right here, here's, here's the thing. Okay. If you're feeling like you're jealous about what your wife is doing, if you look inside and you're feeling like, I really feel like abandoned or threatened by what she's doing, that doesn't mean that you should act on that feeling. You could have that feeling, just notice it and realize you're feeling threatened, abandoned, jealous. But then you can make a better decision from your higher self intellectually say, well, maybe it'll work out well if she has a business. Maybe she'll contribute a lot to the family income. Maybe her business will become very successful. Maybe she needs this to grow. And and our marriage is about personal growth. Each person is growing in a marriage, hopefully. Maybe not this one, but hopefully. And so even though he's jealous, feeling threatened and abandoned, he should still help her get that business on a footing and help her as much as he can. And that can draw them closer together instead of further apart. You know, everyone always says, men, tell everyone about your feelings. Tell her what you're feeling. Don't do it. Like all that stuff is a trick. That's a trap. It's a trick to get you to admit when you're vulnerable. So it's fine that he feels jealous. But yeah, you just sometimes you keep your mouth shut, especially because like she's working from home. She's only working with other women. It's not like she's out and about, right? She's well, not- she's making money. Maybe the marriage will be better off. The, the, the partnership yeah, can be like, financially more better. I mean, yeah, I just, I honestly, when I was going through this one, I thought it was going to have a positive ending. I was like, oh, this all sounds great to me. She's buying her own car. She's yeah. kind of doing independence. Like yeah. none of it sounds. Whereas if he said, like, I can tell you this, because if she, if he said, oh, she's getting a job as a personal trainer, I'd be like, okay, file for divorce now. That's the, nu- <laughs> that's that's right. the number one sign. The number one job yeah. that she's going to leave you is she's becoming a personal trainer. Number two is she's real, becoming a realtor. Those are the two. Which, massive. I mean, both of those, they can still, because they'll have a marriage with those things. I mean, no, if it's, it's not like being a... No, if it's pre-existing, yes. But if you're together for 10 years and she's, oh, I want to contribute money to the marriage, and she's like, I'm going to be a personal trainer, no, it's over. It's it's 100% over. A friend of mine told me that. He goes, oh, my wife wants to contribute, and she's going for a trainer. I was like, yeah, dude, she's going to leave you. I told him that's the first thing did, I said. Six months later, she? she left him. Of course. Yeah. She took the kids and disappeared. Six yeah, months. So, 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 even, so what I'm saying is even though he's feeling threatened, abandoned, upset, he should pretend like he's enthusiastic and excited about her business. He yeah. should lie to her and show enthusiasm and help her as much as he can. That's what I'm saying. And that will draw them together. And then her feelings about being threatened and abandoned and upset will leave him. Yeah. And they'll actually be both better off because of it. Yeah, I mean. Don't act on your feelings all the time. You could. One of the things that we have in this world is if you have a feeling you're supposed to tell it, you're supposed to act on it, don't keep it bottled up. No, you should keep it bottled up. You can also lie and pretend that you're excited about something because eventually you might become excited about it and then your loved one will feel that they're supported. So don't act on your feelings of jealousy and being abandoned and insecurity. Don't act on it. Yeah, that's good. You got any more? 
nope, we're good. Well, uh, this is exciting. And thank you so much for being here. Hit the like and subscribe. Uh, we're getting more and more subscribers. We're going to be doing this for a long time. Hit the bell icon because wherever you are, you get to hear this exciting and entertaining uh, podcast video wherever you are. So hit that bell icon and like this. Leave us a comment and we'll see you next week. Bye for now.